Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, we are back in the studio. Doug, how's it going today? Good. We were we were together all last week yeah. up in Georgia. That was a good trip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, getting, you know, I was talking to one of the guys on the trip, and he was uh, he referred me to a uh, a blog called Warrior Poet. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to that? Yeah, he's a YouTuber. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, we we just start talking about David, mm. King David. And who wrote some of the most incredible poetry in Psalms that we know, right? Divinely inspired, of course. But he was a warrior. He was bad. I mean, he was bad to the yeah. bone. And uh, But he, he loved God with all his heart. And so we were doing manly things last week. It was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, glad we got to go do that. Appreciate Brad and Jerry Sinclair stepping in for us so we could go do that. Thank you, guys. Uh, Appreciate you. I got good feedback from you guys being on talking about a subject that's really tough, uh, pornography, um, and the guys struggle with that. But uh, sure, appreciate it. It was fun hanging with you. You had to go through a little test though because uh, you had some back pain up there and wasn't able to do what we wanted to do, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, have those little flare-ups every now and again, but. Um you know, was uh, glad to be out there for the time that I was, um, and then you know, and then to be sidelined a little bit. It was a good opportunity to grow um, in learning, but also in relationship to the other people that were up there. Yeah, your focus wasn't quite on the the shooting aspect as much as it was on just relation building. Yeah, yeah, and learning. So it, it was good. It was good. So we were glad. Um, while we were gone, um, really um, got um, some some sad news it's not sad for him it's great for him but sad for us who are here Uh, some of you listeners may remember uh, a guy named tunch ilkin who played for the pittsburgh steelers he was a two-time all pro lineman and uh, tunch was a guest on here he um, lost his first wife to cancer and it kind of shared about that. If you it, really good interview, if you want to get a chance, go back, just go to SWATradio.com and search for Tunch, T-U-N-C-H. And uh, you can listen to that interview, but Tunch passed away over uh, the week, last week on the fourth, uh, really over the weekend. And uh, uh, he was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease last October, which is not even a year. And, um, got really sick and passed away uh on the fourth and uh, his memorial services today and he was a great guy i had the opportunity to meet him when i went and spoke up at an event he and a guy named leo wasniewski who's also been a guest leo um played um for uh penn state was all american for penn state his um brother was a 11 year uh, veteran of the 
uh, L.A. Raiders, mm-hmm. and um, there was a new ski. His son, Stefan, played for the Jaguars and, oh, and okay. ended up playing for the Chiefs. And he's got like two or three rings now because uh, he left the Jaguars, went to the Eagles and the Chiefs, <laughs> and like everywhere he goes, he gets a ring. So, uh, But anyway, but Leo was really close to Tunch. They did some incredible ministry. I just wanted to take a minute to to talk about a guy who who – Every time he got up to speak, he would talk about legacy. He would talk about leaving a legacy. And uh, whenever you met Tunch, I remember when I first met him a couple of years ago, it was like we'd known each other for a long time. I mean, he didn't start off telling you he played pro football. He didn't start off telling you any. He just came up to you and wanted to know what was going on in your life and what, you know, uh, what you were doing in ministry or what, what God was doing in your life. And um, he he was just really a great guy. And uh, one of the guys that was up there is a guy named Jeff Sippos, who's also been a guest on here. And uh, they do a lot of ministry with the homeless. In fact, uh, Tunch every year would do something called the Tunch and Wolf Walk for the Homeless. He did a lot in the community for homeless and for those that are in need. And uh, Jeff posted this, and, um, you know, he um, he just put that Tunch, the Tunch and Wolf Walk for the Homeless, uh, or whether he was doing a live broadcast, his teammates uh, and everybody knew him for just laughing it up, and he was a true friend to so many people and a servant to others. He talked about legacy. What do you want yours to be? And... Um, he was just, uh, I didn't know him for that long, but I miss him. You know, I, I my brother in Mississippi um, was visiting, and the Steelers were playing the Jaguars. So I just sent him a text because he was a broadcaster for the Steelers. And I said, hey, Tunch, can you get my brother some tickets? He said, sure, no problem. Had him tickets. My brother and my nephew went to the game, saw him play. And um, he, he was just that kind of guy. He didn't act put out at all. He was just a great guy. And so uh, – just sad that he's passed for all those that are left behind, but hopefully they'll take up the mantle. And this is why discipleship is so important. Those, the legacy you leave behind to train others. And he's left a bunch of guys that he's trained. Uh, he, he had a lot of groups he was meeting with and, and building into. So, uh, I look forward to seeing you in heaven touch. I'm, uh, glad that you left, uh, such a, an impact down here and uh, for Leo and Jeff and all those guys up there that are missing you. We just pray for them. Pray, pray for those guys. And for the family of touch, he remarried and uh, just know that his wife is grieving through that. Cause he was young. He was only 63. Mm. So it's only three years older than I am. Yeah. So lift him up. And also, uh, I, I don't know that we've talked about Eddie lively, who was a Ponte Vita beach resident. He, he was up in Georgia Eddie was a SWAT guy from the man or from the uh, beaches SWAT, and um, he just a uh, guy I met about four or five years ago at the YMCA, and he started coming, got involved, uh, said God really turned his life around through coming to these studies and um, just getting in the Word, and he was serving for the homeless here in Jacksonville, going to work um, when we did these food food distributions, and so Eddie suddenly passed away uh, a little over a week ago and we want to remember his family his mom his sweet mom listens up in georgia 
and lift her up and pray for her, Miss Polly, and uh, his son Michael, and all those, uh, the girlfriend Libby, all who are listening. We just want to lift them up and pray for them as well. And um, just a reminder that our time on earth, um, as many of you may have experienced just in the last few weeks with people, I, I feel like, Taylor, I've heard of more people passing away in the last two months than I did all of last year from COVID. Mm. I mean, when it first came out, I mean, like from last, like April up into December, and all these people are passing away. And I heard uh, Dr. Robert Malone give an explanation for it. And it was similar to what um, was played yesterday. Dr. Byron Bridal was explaining about how these these uh, variants are different than a mutation. They're not. A, it's not a straight mutation. It's a variant that occurs because so many people are vaccinated that the virus is actually has these variants that are all over and they appear in different places. And, um, you know, and people are blaming. There's so much blame. You're not vaccinated, you know, or you did this or that. And now a study just came out of Israel that said that if you're recovered COVID, if you've had it and recovered from the original A strain, you have uh, like I think 17 times or 12 or 17 times more immunity than somebody who has a vaccine. And so, but nobody's talking about getting blood tests. Like my wife and I went on our own, paid our own money to get blood tested to prove that we have the T cell antibodies. And so we have better immunity than if we get a vaccine, but nobody's asking us about that. The question is, do you have the vaccine? And people are making this ridiculous claim that if everybody would be vaccinated, it would go away, and it won't. They've already said the vaccination does not keep you from getting it or spreading it. And so we need to make sure that what we're saying out there is like that Rolling Stone article about ivermectin or even about what people in Mississippi were doing with ivermectin. There's a lot of false information that's being thrown out there in the name of politics and political power. And, folks, I'm telling you, we've had Dr. Lee Merritt on here. We've had Byron Bridal on here uh, and others who have uh, attested to ivermectin being an effective antiviral in the treatment of COVID. And they're not talking about the horse paste. They're talking about the pills that are used all over the world. India's using them in other places. And so uh, don't buy into all the stuff that you hear on the media. Uh, But going back to what I was sharing initially, Taylor, is that we don't know when our time is up. So we need to live every day like it's our last and be aware that that those around us are, are looking to us for a legacy. We're going to leave a legacy one way or the other, and hopefully it'll be one that points people to Jesus. So, Yeah, well, we are up against the break. That's good stuff. We will be back with more after the break. But before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com would also like to tell you that you can follow us on facebook and twitter at swat radio talk is the handle that is at swat radio talk and you can download
download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after the new or the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you don't know what SWAT Radio stands for, it stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And we have been on a uh, hiatus from the SWAT meetings uh, for the summer, and those are going to start again uh, tomorrow. Yes, we start tomorrow, 6.30 a.m. at Woody's Barbecue out off Solano Road in Ponte Vedra Beach. That's 6.30 a.m. at Woody's Barbecue out in um, Ponte Vedra Beach. And then at lunch right here at the Salem Center, and it's right off of Butler and Phillips Highway, and they changed the name of the street. Now we got to go change all our cards. <laughs> it's now 7235 Bentley instead of uh, Bonneville. I think Bonneville, if you put it in, it'll still come. But apparently there's a Bentley dealership here, and so they changed the road oh, to Bentley, I think. I didn't know that's what, that was 7235 lying. Bentley. And then tomorrow uh, at 6.30 a.m., we will be in Mandarin at the you mean gym. Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thursday. I'm sorry. Not tomorrow, but Thursday. Thursday at uh, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. That's over off San Jose Boulevard. And then on Friday or Thursday night, uh, Zoom. If you're out there listening and you're in Idaho or you're in uh, uh, Arkansas or you're in Virginia, wherever you are, California, doesn't matter, Texas, you can uh, join the Zoom, the SWAT Zoom. If you send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com and ask for an invitation to the SWAT Zoom, and I'll send you a link, and you can join us on Zoom. Uh, And we do the same lesson on Zoom that we do in person uh, at the different SWAT meetings. That's Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then on Friday morning at 9 o'clock down at uh, the Village. Is it? Wait, is that right? Mm -hmm. Village Inn? Mm -hmm. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. Man, 
I'm having memory issues. <laughs> Village Inn in St. Augustine on Ponce de Leon in St. Augustine, Florida. So hope you'll join us. We are jumping back into Acts. This week is actually a review. On the radio this week, we're going to be talking. We're kind of going to be reviewing it, getting ready, because um, and this week we'll be looking at Acts chapter 1 through 5. Next week on air, we're going to look at Acts 6 and 7. And then the following week, we will be going over what I teach next week, which will be Acts 8, which is getting to the exciting part. Paul is going to be starting to come on the scene. And so I thought this week and next we'll just do um, a review because, you know, a lot of people may not uh, be aware of who wrote the book of Acts. It was written by Luke, and Luke was a traveling companion to Paul. He wrote the gospel account of Luke, and, um, you know, Matthew wrote uh, the book of Matthew, and uh, the book of Mark was written by John Mark, but it was written, many believe, from Peter's eyewitness testimony or his account. The gospel of John was written by um, John, the apostle. But when Luke was written, Luke wrote, and he was a historian. He was a doctor and a historian, and he must have interviewed all these people to get the narratives that he got from um to be able to put down all because Luke is very chronological. It's very detailed more than the others gospels. And when he wrote the book of Luke, he's writing to this guy named Theophilus and he's kind of telling the story of Jesus. And when he writes acts, it's the, the, the correct title is acts of the apostles, but his purpose in writing was to accurately document God's plan as it was unfolded by the Holy Spirit working through Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and then through God's people in the in the Acts of the Apostles. And here's the primary message, that Jesus is the Savior of the world and nobody is beyond the embrace of his love. Now just think on that for a second. Jesus is is the Savior of the world. Let that sink in. He's not a vacation Savior. He's not a I can genie in the bottle Savior. He is the Savior King, or I should say the King Savior, the Ruler Savior, Savior Lord of the world. But the, the best part is nobody, no matter how evil you think they are, no matter how bad and unworthy you think they are, nobody's beyond the embrace of his love. And Acts of the Apostles lays that out very clearly because it starts off primarily documenting for the first seven chapters the story of really Peter leading the group. And if you remember, Peter denied him three times. Now, of course, in the Gospel of John, you see him being affirmed by God, but still, he denied him three times. And 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 Jesus used Peter to kind of lead those apostles, and you see that in 1 through 7. Then when you hit 8, we, we start to be introduced, um, actually, uh, actually, we're introduced back when uh, Stephen stoned, mm-hmm. but you start to see P, uh, Paul, and Paul killed Christians. He threw Christians in jail. He was a terror to Christians. And so 
I think um, that Luke brings that out very clearly that nobody's beyond the embrace uh, of of God's love. And you know, this weekend, Taylor, you you were at our church out at Pontevedra, and the pastor shared a passage. I just want to share that because there may be somebody listening today who feels beat up. Maybe they've made terrible choices. Maybe they've blown it so bad they feel unrecoverable. Have you ever felt like that? I've felt like that. There's been lots of times in my life I've felt like that. But there was a verse our pastor shared this weekend, and it's verse 19 of 1 John 3. And it says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. So he's telling us the purpose, and this is, this is the verse. Lock this one into your memory bank. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. If our heart does not condemn us, beloved, we have confidence before God. I, I, I just I love that because our hearts a lot of times, what Satan does is he tempts us, then when we give in, he becomes the accuser, and we feel condemned. And what he's saying there is, listen, God is greater than our hearts. The same thing Paul said over in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know what Paul says right before that? Man, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Woe is me. And so... Those are encouraging verses, and as we look at the Acts of the Apostles, we're going to see how God works through his people to take this gospel message. And like I said, primarily through Peter in chapters 1 through 12, chapters 13 through 28, we're going to see, um, you know, Paul. Peter and Paul were both filled with the Holy Spirit. They both preached God's word. They both preached to Jewish audiences before the crucified, risen, and prophetic Christ as the only way of salvation. They both said that. They both preached to Gentiles. They both received visions. They both were imprisoned. They both were miraculously set free. You almost see this parallel pattern going on, like God saying, Peter here is is a guy who walked with me. And then you got Paul over here who was a Jewish leader who persecuted my people, and I'm going to take him. But he went through the same stuff. They had so many similarities. And, um, you know, Luke actually validates Paul's apostleship because he reveals the incredible things Paul did and the power of God to change not only the life of Paul but the world. And uh, all the apostles... You know, the the original 12, and by the way, Matthias uh, replaced Judas, and then Paul was an apostle. They were specifically chosen. They didn't, they didn't uh, choose themselves. Uh, no human chose them. God chose them. They each said that. And they were chosen by Jesus for a unique purpose in time. And uh, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, you'll see... That in Acts two, uh, two Acts two twenty four, and also Acts nine fifteen, um, it's the same word uh, there, and especially like just go to Acts two real quick, Acts two two, and it says, 
And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Acts 2.24. Go over to 2 verse 24. And it says, God raised him up, loosing, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Let's see. I'm sorry, I got that. Um, I, it was in Acts 24, not 224. I missed <laughs> my own notes there. Uh, and Acts 9.15. Acts 9.15. 9.15. Sorry. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. Talking about Saul. Talking about Saul. That word chosen there is the same word. And it just, it basically, it means that each one of these apostles, each had an objective experience of Christ with their eyes, their ears, and their hands. Paul saw him on the road to Damascus. Um, and, you know, they they were chosen. They Each one of them were chosen by God to be his. I'm sorry, I said Acts 2-2, didn't I? Uh, and it was Acts um, 1-2. I, I misread that. Man, my notes are terrible. I feel I'm writing like a doctor here. <laughs> so anyway, um, so when you think about Acts, a lot of people take theology from Acts as Acts is normative. And Acts was a very unique period in time, just like when the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. How many times did God bring locusts to the earth to deliver his people? How many times did he bring frogs? How many times did he kill the firstborn? You know, that was a very unique time that God spoke. Acts was very similar. Didn't mean that people still can't do miracles, but that was not normative that would be repeated. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that because there's a lot of people today that try to make that normative, and it's not normative for the church. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as our listeners in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And we'd also like to uh, give a shout-out to our listeners listening around the world on the Internet. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Radio. That was Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. If you are just joining us, we are going to be doing a review of Acts uh, this week as well as next week. We have been looking at Acts for quite some time. Uh, however, we did take a break from that uh, over the summer as we usually do during the summertime. And uh, we had a little bit of a, some time off. But then after that, we looked at 
a a book that was written by a pastor, which is kind of how we uh, do the summer. So now we are getting back into our uh, regularly scheduled program, if you will. And uh, to, in order to do that, we got to review and catch up so that we can uh, remember where we were and where we're going. And uh, I I was having memory lapses as I was looking at my own notes, and I turned sixty last week, and uh, it's already setting in, man. I I I, uh, I want to go back. It's Acts one two, and Acts nine uh, fifteen. It's the same Greek word for chosen, and and so one is relating to the apostles, one's relating to Paul, and. Uh, again, they had an objective experience of Christ that with their eyes, ears, and hands. Paul had this vision on the road that he saw. Him. And uh, it was written to three, Theophilus. The word, the word Theophilus means friend of God. Theo means God. Philus means friend. And many believe he was a noble, noble um, in an area like a, a, a city leader, a Gentile official. And so... Uh, again, Acts was the continued of work of Jesus through his people. Uh, thousands of followers, disciples continued to collect all the elect of God. And you see that theme throughout Acts as well. It, it says uh, people appointed. And, you know, the theme of all preaching in Acts is the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ. Um, and, uh, you know, if you... Uh, go to Acts chapter 1 all the way through chapter. Luke, Luke kind of divides uh, the whole book into six sections, just as a reminder. Luke, uh, you know, Acts chapter 1 through 6, 7 is about the church at Jerusalem. And it says, it kind of concludes at the end by saying the word of God continued to increase. That phrase kind of is the phrase that marks the divisions. 6, 8 through uh, chapter 9, 31 says all Israel, including Samaria, the church multiplied. And then chapter 9 through chapter 12, 24, the Gentiles, the church at Antioch, the word of God increased and multiplied. Um, uh, chapter 12 through chapter 16, verse 5, Asia Minor, the churches increased in number daily. Chapter 16 through chapter 19, all the great Gentile cities, the word of God continued to increase and prevail. And then chapter 19, uh, 21 through uh, all the way through the end of the book, it's about Rome where Paul proclaimed the kingdom without hindrance. And, that you know, when we looked at chapter 1, we saw that God really calling his followers to do three things. One, to teach his message. And, you know, Luke wants us to know the exact truth, the confidence, the you know, powerful preaching is always revealed through confidence in God's word. It always is. If if you are listening to somebody preach and they are not explaining the scripture, they just give you a verse and then they go off and tell you 15 stories that have nothing to do about that text, you're missing out on the power of God's word being um, really in his authority. Because our our job as preachers is to explain the word, what it means in context, because it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through the explained word of God to uh, reveal God's word to us, and his word is what changes us, the spirit using the word. 
And that's how people get saved. How do people get saved? By the preaching of the word. And so uh, you can be the smartest person around. You can have the most uh, incredible uh, uh, articulate arguments, but that ain't going to save anybody. It's the simplicity of the gospel. And, and God calls us to teach his message. And it was and, and in verse uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Luke's writing about all that Jesus began to do and teach. What did he say? What did he do? Luke writes about that. And he talks about that. That's what the gospel of Luke was about. And then verse 3 of chapter 1, we're to teach his priority, God's kingdom, his power over death. Our friend Tunchilkin is with our king right now because of his power over death. And that was revealed through the resurrection. Uh, he didn't overthrow Rome. You know, um, he taught when Jesus, this was interesting, when Jesus was crucified and then resurrected, he had a period of time of about 40 days, right? When he yeah. came back. Mm-hmm. Do you know what miracles he did during that time? None. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Why? He, he The greatest miracle was the resurrection. Yeah. And he didn't come just to do miracles. He taught. He taught. Remember when he was on the road to Emmaus? Didn't our hearts burn within us as he taught, starting with Moses, revealing the Christ? You know, people, you know, that's why I get so frustrated when guys uh, say, well, we need to unhitch from the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. you know, because Christ started with Moses revealing himself to them, and it says their hearts burned. And um, and so we see that teaching was his priority about God's kingdom. And then third, he, he wants us to trust his power, the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, guys, don't do anything till the Holy Spirit comes on you. You can go out there and, and try to do stuff all you want. Um, Isaiah 32, 15 says, until the Spirit is poured upon us. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, God will give you a new heart and a new spirit. In fact, in chapter 2, he quotes from Joel, he will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. John seven thirty seven. when Jesus is teaching, he says, anyone who's thirsty, out of him will flow what? Living water. And he says that water is the spirit. Uh, how were these guys disciples? How were they influential? They had no money, no education, really no influence in their culture, but they were with Jesus, and we're going to see that later as we talk about it. Um, And finally, he wanted them to follow his plan. Verse 8, he says, you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Start local and expand. And uh, and then in verse 11 of chapter 1, he says, why are you guys standing looking at heaven? Because he had gone. You got work to do. And I think it's real easy for us to, to... to get distracted by wondering when he's going to come back instead of doing the work he's called us to do till he comes back. Especially in the the times in which we live, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Today, especially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's easy to fall into. And, um, but that's what he did. And, and they chose Matthias. And then in chapter two, we see this supernatural reveal, the birth of the church, the baptism of the Holy spirit. And, uh, you know, 
The Jews from other parts of the world had never heard praise in God's word proclaimed in a Gentile language. Mm. It had always been in Hebrew or Aramaic. It had not been in their native tongue uh, because that was the language of God's word. And so when when tongues happen in Acts chapter 2, it was God's judgment. If you remember... Um, uh, we, we talked a little bit about that, how that said, you're going to hear, yeah, I, th- I think it was Jeremiah where it was, where it said, you know, there, you're going to hear the word proclaimed in a foreign tongue. Um, and so that's what was going on in Acts chapter two. And, um, you know, Joel two twenty eight talks about the coming of Messiah, the anointed one, the prophet, priest, and king, and that being the messianic age. And here it is. God revealed Jesus of Nazareth uh, through Peter's preaching in Acts chapter 2, where Peter laid out his supernatural life, his sacrificial death, uh, his resurrection, and his uh, ascension, and his invitation. When he laid out the invitation for people to respond, it says they were cut to the heart. And through that message in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people responded. Now, Here's what's interesting. In Acts chapter 2, Peter gave that message. 3,000 people got new life that day. If you go back to Exodus, when Moses came down from being with God, do you know how many people died that day from the law because they were rebelling against the law? The same number. 3,000. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Until I went to Israel, I never had made that correlation. Had you? No, I didn't. When you talked about it, uh, when we first went over it, that was the first time I'd heard of it. it was, Isn't that yeah. incredible? So 3,000 people were taken that day, and in Acts, 3,000 people were given life. It's almost like God's saying, hey, guys, remember what happened here with the law? Under the Spirit, you have life. Yeah, the you law have condemns. life. Yeah, and so that's what we see in chapter 2. And and God reveals at the end of chapter 2 how the church is supposed to function in its attention. We should be devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread. These should define the church. Its attitude is one of awe and unity. Its actions, we should be witnessing and fellowshipping. And, and that's what kind of chapter 2 summed up with. And then, um, you know, when you look at chapter 3, he begins to authenticate his word about Messiah through his people because we see Peter and John in chapter 3, they heal this lame beggar. They're walking, and guess who else healed a lame beggar at the temple? Jesus did. So they're just like him. That's what a disciple does. He's like his master. And so uh, he's authenticating his people in community. It's not just Peter. It's Peter and John. And, and we see his power, uh, and it was in his timing. They were just going to the temple. They weren't looking for somebody to heal. And notice that in the same way with Jesus, it was sovereign. This guy didn't even ask him for healing. He wanted silver or gold, yeah. and they gave him healing. And so we see the power and authority there, and they did it for his glory. Uh, and so 
When we come back, we're going to look a a little bit at the rest of that in Chapter 3 and talk about that. And if people want to call in, they're free to call in today. All right, so make sure you stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. If you would like to call in, you can do so at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are uh, doing an overview, a uh, relook at Acts. We've already gone through Acts uh, in detail, but since we're coming back from the summer break, we're going uh, just a little breakdown uh, to refresh and review. If you have any questions or you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, uh, Taylor and I were talking in the break, and, and uh, uh, he, he did a good job. He, I said it was Jeremiah. I, I think it was Jeremiah 515, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so, um, but it wasn't just there. It was also Isaiah 28, uh, 5 through 13, and also Deuteronomy 28. It, these were warning the southern kingdom of coming judgment as in the north. And one of the warnings were, uh, read that, 5.15. All right, and it says, Behold, I am bringing against you a nation from afar, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. It is an enduring nation. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Yeah, and so... Um, it was an act of judgment, really, from God. And and I, I just want to go back over this a little bit because chapter 2 is pretty important in Acts. It's the birth. It's, it's where the Holy Spirit comes upon. And there's a lot of confusion in our culture. Well, not just our culture, in a lot of cultures, about the Holy Spirit and uh, the role of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a sovereign act of God. It is a sovereign act of our holy God. And, you know, uh, he poured out the Holy Spirit. The disciples were waiting. Jesus told them to go wait, and they were waiting. And they were waiting, and it came at Pentecost. And and that's where a lot of, you know, the, the, the term Pentecostal, they get that from because they focus on the Holy Spirit a lot of times. And, uh, you know, 50 days after Passover uh, is uh, uh, when that was. That's why it's called Pentecost. Uh, and the feast in the Old Testament, there were three major feasts. If you want to read more, you can go back to Leviticus 23. But the first major feast, the Passover uh, and unleavened bread, were the sacrifice of Christ. Um, the second major feast, the Feast of Harvest Weeks, uh, the first fruits of wheat, that's Pentecost. And then the third major feast, the Feast of Ingathering the Tabernacles and Booths, is when Christ comes back. And that's why when they were up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter says, hey, do you want us to build tents? Mm. They thought that was the that was the establishment of the millennial kingdom. Okay? And so... Um, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. You cannot be a believer without the indwelling Holy Spirit, period. And so um, if you are a believer, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, you may not be filled with the Spirit. You may be allowing your flesh to overwhelm the spiritual leadership in your life. But if you are a believer... You are fill, you know, you are baptized in the Spirit. You have to be baptized to be a believer. Um, we are never commanded to be baptized in the Spirit. We are commanded to be filled in the Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit is the placing of God's Spirit in us, making us part of the body of Christ. It only happens one time. There are not multiple baptisms of the Spirit. There's one. You can be filled, but only one baptism. And in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, Be filled. Let the presence of the Holy Spirit dominate, continually yield to the Spirit's control and power. Joy, gratitude, peace, love, joy, self-control. Acts 4, uh, Peter is filled. Verse four, uh, Chapter 4, verse 31, they were all filled. Uh, chapter 6, verse 5, Stephen, a man full of the Spirit. Our pursuit is to be filled with the Spirit. That means practically yielded to the Lord, the Lordship of Jesus. Uh, We're baptized is positional, and it's granted by God's sovereignty, not by our choosing Mm -hmm. to do that. And I hope that's clear because Scripture is fairly clear on it, that we are commanded to be filled, um, but... Um, you know, Ephesians 5.18 again says, Be filled. Colossians 3, let the word of God dwell in you richly, filled with the Spirit. And and that, that can be very confusing because there are people that would tell you that unless you speak in tongues, you're not baptized in the Spirit. And that's simply not a biblical concept. That's not biblical. Um, you know, tongues, uh, these were known languages, and it, it, it was unique um, in transitioning Samaritans, Gentiles, and Old Testament saints to the body of Christ. You see it in chapter 8 of Acts where Samaritans 
it's almost like it's validating, giving them the same experience that the apostles experienced in chapter two to say, okay, you can welcome them in because they're really just like you. Uh, Chapter 10, the Gentiles, Cornelius, and chapter 19, the followers of John the Baptist who had not yet been baptized in the spirit yet. And so, um, you know, uh, I I mentioned the Pentecostal movement earlier. Charles Parham, uh, early in the 1900s, taught that you should seek the baptism and that tongues was the evidence you have it. And there were early evidences that this wasn't the same as in Acts 2. Um, People claimed to have spoken and written Chinese, but it wasn't. They made false claims. People went to the mission field thinking they could speak foreign languages because they were uttering gibberish, but they couldn't converse with the people there. They didn't understand them because they weren't speaking a known language. So they redefined it as, quote, ecstatic speech and a private prayer language. But it was never part of the orthodox teaching of the early church. Mumbling something that you learn from somebody else is not what was going on in Acts chapter 2. It's very clear. These people were hearing the gospel, the great works of God, proclaimed in their language. Uh, What happens when you buy into that other, Taylor, is that people end up thinking the key to spiritual growth and outpouring God's power is when you speak some kind of unintelligible gibberish. And that is not uh, the key to spiritual growth. And so um, Acts chapter 2 is pretty clear about what that uh, tongues was, and it was a known language. And, you know, the Jews from other parts of the world had never heard praise in God's word in a Gentile language. It was always Hebrew and Aramaic, like I said, and because it was judgment. And Peter took them to a scripture because they go, these guys must be drunk. And he goes, nope, he takes them to Joel. Why? Because Joel 2 is talking about coming a Messiah. And in the last days, it's going to be characterized by the gospel proclamation that Jesus is Lord. And if you look at our world, you know, from that time right there in Acts chapter 2 till today, we're in the last days. See, people keep saying, are we in the last days? Mm -hmm. We've been in the last days since Acts chapter 2 happened. And so the truth is we all should keep our eyes on the eastern sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I had a question uh, when you were talking about either in Hebrew or Aramaic. Is uh, what I know they're related. Is Aramaic, is that a, that's not a dialect. That's completely separate. Or is that just how Hebrew uh, over time developed into, or you know what I'm saying? Why was Aramaic okay uh, to speak praise in on the same level as Hebrew? Well, um, the, the Aramaic, uh, was it, it it was it it came out of Syria and it, it just it was a I'm more of a common language I guess uh, Hebrew Hebrew was really the language of Torah mm-hmm. Hebrew was really the language of the synagogue but uh, they did speak about it I guess in Aramaic so because um, some of the scripture is in Aramaic they found scripture in Aramaic now is that because you know with so it is an Assyrian language. Is that it's it's from them? So it was kind of like the lingua franca at the time before Greek came in to the picture, or what? Well, the the Aramaic, okay. So it's Semitic, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's there was a group like it wasn't just the Hebrew, the, right? The Edomites, the mm-hmm. Moabites, um, the Amorites. A, a lot of those people that were in that region spoke it, but it was more of 
what you would call a common language. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? I mean, it's kind of like uh, yeah, they, they were similar, right? It's like kind of like the the Romance languages are similar. Now, is this did it kind of come into being as far as in the Jewish context when um, you know coming out of uh, captivity? I know Babylon, uh, some went to Babylon, but others were uh, taken over by the Assyrians. So, is was there any of that from when they come back? It just kind of the language had seeped into the culture a little bit, or well, okay, if you go, if you go. Israel today, Jewish Kurds still speak Aramaic today. Mm. Okay. And, um, and other groups that live over in Iran, Iraq, Syria, and that part of the world. But they are Hebrew and Aramaic is considered a sister language to each other. Yeah. They're, they're very closely related. Um, and they, they are the only two Northwest Semitic languages that are still spoken today, Hebrew and Aramaic. Oh, wow, really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so, um, but th- whereas the Hebrew was used by Israelites and, and Judeans during mm-hmm. the Old Testament time, um, Aramaic um, was was part of Syria more than that area. And um, I mean, it's it's still old. I mean, it's as old as Hebrew almost. Yeah. Uh, but and part of the Bible was written in Aramaic, and um, a lot of important jewish texts were written the talmud was written in aramaic mm. um and so i i i don't really i i don't know if i would i, I just th- i threw that in there when i was talking about hebrew and aramaic because it was something that was spoken right um whereas they they viewed other languages as pagan languages right right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, so of the similar language family i was just curious if if it had, when it came, if it was before the Syrian captivity or after, but that, one one guy said it's kind of like Spanish and Italian. They're in the same language family, but they're just different. Right, right. Where they're spoken. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's work to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.